How does God change people? One believer goes through deep change in a short time, while another remains virtually the same for decades. Why is that? Welcome to Word for the Week, Season 2, Episode 32. Join us as we discuss our part in godly change, how it happens and how it doesn't. Well, we're continuing in our um, exploration of Acts <laughs> chapter 2, and uh, we're getting up to where the church is really forming. And uh, so I thought we'd get you, if you don't mind, to read that particular passage for us. Sure. Acts two forty-one through 47, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, as we follow through in chapter 2, we, and we see, like I said, the church is being formed here. Mm -hmm. and, and here's something I found really interesting. I, I was following a timeline, looking at it from the perspective of what Jesus was doing through each thing, what sure. the Holy Spirit was doing through each thing, what the Father is doing through each thing. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, they all merge in the same place. It's um, the change that happens within the people. So ultimately, mm -hmm. it all ends up in this in this thing of change. And and lots of change. The yeah. believers see Scripture in a different way, and, and there's a different kind of community, different lifestyle, even a different attitude in these people. So there's no question those who joined the first church were changed. <laughs> yeah, they were changed. And uh, it really makes me wonder as... Um, as we try and be real about all of this stuff, mm -hmm. uh, is the church today seeing people change? And if so, are we seeing them changed in the same ways we did in the first church? I don't know. I have to think of thinking back of my time in church. Mm -hmm. I've right. known lots of people to be really deeply changed in their faith. Mm -hmm. You know. And uh, I think a key phrase, and you say lots of people, so not everybody. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> not everybody. No. And I, I guess that's true today, too, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why we're, we're um, going on with this today. The Book of Acts uh, documents this profound change that happens in those first believers. Mm -hmm. And in the church today, we, we see people change. We still see that. But on the other hand, we also know we've seen people who have not been changed, people who have gone to church even on a regular basis, right. but they be the same old people. <laughs> and it really begs this question. Uh, I think everybody really, you know, deep down wants to know is then why? Why some change, why some not? And right. in that case, what do we have to do with it as in what is our part in godly change? Right. Well, I have a hint here in the scripture. Okay. Um, how about I give it a read? Um, oh, well, let me say this, too. I know you're okay. going to read something, but I, I left this out because I was only half-eyeing the transcript here. <laughs> but I did want to point this out, is that I, in the research of things, I was looking at Acts chapter 2, which we said was the formation of the church ending up in the change of individuals. There was just almost by, I guess you call it God's leading in a, in, in a roundabout way, but Philippians chapter 2, mm 
mm-hmm. brings the same idea to highlight. So that's why. So uh, let me give it a read. Yeah, you go ahead and you read that. You read, girl. Okay, here's the section that fits. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, mm-hmm. for it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Right, it's beautiful. And you know, something I really appreciate in, in, in researching stuff mm-hmm. is gratification of finding other pastors and writers who say something way better than I could <laughs> or an idea better than I might have presented it. Mm -hmm. And this is a case I always love to give whoever uh, a special um, accolade, (laughs) uh, uh, and that hopefully people will go back. Now, here's an instance. um, A transcript from a pastor, Rick um, Ezell, and he's a quite educated pastor too, of First Baptist Greer, South Carolina, and he wrote, uh, actually, where we're borrowing kind of heavily from him today. I just like his stuff. We'll have a, a link to, to his regular transcript. But it is actually a sermon uh, transcript. And he lists four misconceptions, uh, along with corrections, on what really our part is in facilitating this godly change. Uh, the sermon was called Understanding How God Changes Me. And as I said, we have some links. So uh, let's borrow a little bit from Pastor Rick and see what we can learn. In an opening paragraph, he writes, God works in us while we work out. It is a partnership involving God, the individual believer, teachers, and fellow believers. It's a process where God works in, we work out, teachers work with, and believers work together. It can be stated in a sentence, life change begins with God, and is about training, not trying, requires, requires teaching, and is a team effort. Right. And and the first misconception that he lists in here is, and, and okay, so we list the misconception. This is the mistaken view, and then hmm. we go on. So the first misconception is life change happens at salvation. Many hmm. people believe that Total life change happens at salvation. Right, and then that's it. Here's a verse that fits Romans 10 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, isn't it true that salvation is born in that moment of honest decision? Yeah, well, and there you go. So, and that's a, a default text that we often go to, uh, and it's not wrong, but the question is, is that all. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? And the truth of it, if we go back to Acts at chapter 2, it's worth noting that the picture starts with these words, okay? Here we were talking in, in Romans 10.9, it's a vehicle into salvation. Mm-hmm. But remembering the very first words in Acts 2, when uh, the passage where now people are changing, mm-hmm. they're, they're actively in a change, is these words, and they continued steadfast and they continued yeah. and, and of course that's uh, a statement that implies involves actually connotes a time mm-hmm. and that something is is this ongoing continual process and we need to add that of course that the time uh, in that passage in the context that they were spending it with God's teaching they were learning mm-hmm. and and in the presence of the Holy Spirit empowering them mm-hmm. so 
uh, as the Holy Spirit did give them the equipment uh, mentally and, and spiritually to understand what God is saying, then they had to move on and do or live out what they understood. So well, That makes sense. Um, okay, now that takes us into the second misconception that Pastor Rick mentions. Life change continues naturally over time. Yeah, this is a big one. And, and man, do we see this uh, not just in churches, but everything all the time is mm-hmm. um, just on the sake of time. And, and in the church context, the idea, well, I've been a member for a year. I know a whole, you know, I know a certain amount. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. I've been a member two, 10, 20 years. Right. And then just on the basis that you've been walking through a church door for 20 years, then it's it just becomes this assumption that you have 20 years of spiritual growth. Uh, and, and, you know, and a little bit of latitude on these individuals is that none of us grow on a straight line. I mean, right. you know, we all have uh, have our steps backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. So Acts chapter 2, it, it is serious when it says, and they continued steadfastly. Yeah. Um, that's in the continued steadfastly. That's where the growth is. Ha- that's where the change is happening. Sure. And I mean. Because there are. There's lots of dips and rises along the way. In fact, it's very possible to go backwards. Yeah, I've done it a few times myself. Okay, the third myth is life change is achieved largely by an act of the will. Another thing we're really, uh, we don't mean to be, I think, a lot of times, but we're really big in the church. Uh, because that's human nature, you know. Just try harder, try yeah. harder. And we want to work things out yeah, ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we want to, and and we see whatever's going on. And Pastor Rick builds around two important terms in Philippians two. Uh, that's why I fell in love with his sermon. There's a few terms he used. I really liked what he 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 brought in and out. And the two terms. There I go. Letting the proverbial cat out of the bag. <laughs> he mentions the terms work out mm-hmm. and work in. And and loving to look into the original Greek, I said, oh, I wonder if those are, you know, the same in Greek. And sure yeah. enough, they're two entirely different terms. Uh, Greeks weren't big on using those ancient Greeks, the same term for different things like we do. Right. And workout means to do that from which something results. Uh, you know, so you're doing something for the outcome. Mm-hmm. The second one uh, that's big in there would be to render one fit to do a certain thing. So, uh, you know, so the word training really comes to mind there. Right. I love the second one for work in. In in the Greek, it's energio, but it's where we get the word energy or to energize. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of what it means. Energio means or to work in means to put forth power, mm-hmm. uh, to aid somebody by putting in power. Or to show oneself as operated, you know, clink, 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 uh, is there anything going on in there? So um, working in is an entirely different process. It makes sense then that the believer works out their salvation while God works in his will and pleasure, which is making our nature more like his nature. Right, and uh, so he's working that in, but... uh, Sometimes we can be pretty stupid. Yeah, we can be stubborn, and that's where the working out really fits in. It starts mm-hmm. making sense, and the work out your own salvation. You say, "Well, only Jesus says true," but yet here I am working out my salvation. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about working out the changes that come along. And I, I love Pastor Rick's term in there: training, not trying. 
that really hit home for me because he he then uses this wonderful analogy about bench pressing <laughs> 300 pounds and I was kind of like how did he know uh, way 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 back when I was not the muscle man that I am today um, we were um, actually back yeah, in this when we were up in the studio yeah in Alexandria Indiana of all places mm -hmm. And um, uh, there was a great guy there. He started a gym, renovated an old school, started a gym. And uh, I started working out there. And, and uh, in my young, exuberant self, <laughs> I decided that I've been working out long enough, I should be able to lift a certain amount of weight. And, mm -hmm. and I, the, the 300 kind of comes to mind, really, to be honest. And so there I am, I lift this thing up off the, you know, the holders for that. And I get this, this bar down to my chest. And then you can guess. Um, <laughs> I'll ask anyway, what did you do? <laughs> what happened? Well, my ribs started to crinkle and, and I started lift, trying to lift this thing off. And you bet I could not get One it. One sore off engineer for <laughs> several. <laughs> Lucky. So there I was with this. Uh, thinking by sheer effort, by sheer trying, I was going to lift because I should be able to. That I was going to lift this this barbell, and and it did not you silly pickle. It did not come off my chest. <laughs> so you're wondering, <laughs> Kev, what did you do? You're still alive today. So yeah. this is what I did. I simply grunted loudly and desperately. The, uh, the uh, gym owner, he was, you know, his hands on. He came over and helped get this thing off. I'm uh, sure he was probably watching it and uh, just waiting. Uh, well, it, it was like this guy knew about weightlifting because yeah. you could just see in an instant glance he knew what happened. I could see the word idiot going through his mind. <laughs> uh, terribly embarrassed, not a thing I could do about it. Right. But he comes over and he lifts this thing off and, and uh, helps me. And you can bet I never made that mistake again. Mm -hmm. But the point in all my humiliation I'm getting at here is that I did think by by trying mm -hmm. I would be able to do this and no and by the way to my redemption if you will I continued steadfastly mm -hmm. uh, a training and there did come a time where I was able to bench this off but I had by now learned the lesson it was 90% training 10% effort yeah. So, yeah. yeah yeah so if we look at the bar as whatever challenge that comes along in our Christian life. 300 pounds <laughs> of challenge coming your way. What will see you through isn't some giant effort at the time. It's the training and development that's beforehand. Yeah, yeah. If God lays 300 pounds of, <laughs> of challenge on you, you want to have been training beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and it, back into the analogy, too, this gym owner, he was a, he was a smart, nice guy. So he gave me uh, a lot of um, routine and tips on, on how to do the weight training. Mm -hmm. And as long as I stayed faithful to his plan, I mean, things really kind of worked out. And, yeah. of course, you can see the analogy. That's what, with God, God, God is the one who builds the muscle in us. Uh, but he gives us the training plan. It's like when we study scripture and then we need a scripture at a certain point, something happens, it um, comes back to mind. But it's because we were training our mind with no. scripture all along. And I would say, Kath, even more than training our mind alone is training our heart mm -hmm. in, in this is... is for instance, here's an example, like as we're talking in this, there may be um, little things that you trust God with 
uh, and you've learned to trust them on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then along comes this big whopping 300-pound mm -hmm. challenge, and you've done enough training that you're now at a point you can you can trust in them on that. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways it works out, but the idea being you stay faithful to the to the training, I mm -hmm. guess is what I say. Don't try just in the event. <laughs> you need you need to stay faithful. Yeah. Even Yoda would tell you that. <laughs> um, the fourth myth he lists is life change is best accomplished alone. I can see why that's a popular misconception. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a major emphasis in the modern church is mm -hmm. our that personal relationship with Jesus. We encourage people to get alone with God, you right. know, and we push the idea that a deep relationship with Christ has to be a private relationship with Him. Yeah, yeah. So we got this idea, you know, you want to go deep, personal Savior. So <laughs> deep relationship equals private relationship. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not that that's totally untrue. As a matter of fact, I, I like that side of it as, as a true and professed introvert. Uh, mm -hmm. I like being alone with God, and, and um, I could sit and just study all day on things. And, know. You know, don't bother me, I'm studying. You're still in there. I'm still in there. But the truth of it is, if I'm true to the studies, especially looking at the story of Acts, I mean, not just chapter 2, but all the way through, mm -hmm. uh, or looking even at one's own life story, Anytime God's working changes in us, it's usually not when we're just keeping to ourselves. And yeah. 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 Follows yeah. others. It's not to say that alone time with God isn't important, but right. when you consider the tools that God gives and, and uses in training us up, it almost always involves other people. Yeah, and I mean, we could look at example after example. For instance, mm -hmm. um, just start with God teaching you something. Yes, yeah, God does reveal and people have epiphanies. But there's a reason that preachers and teachers are some of the first things mentioned when it comes to gifts of the Holy Spirit to edify the body or the church. Right. Uh, uh, people are involved in teaching you. It's not just God direct. People are involved. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than any other uh, complex subject. And I'm, well, let's face it, truth is very complex yeah. in the big picture. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. You can't all learn it from a book. Um, you have to be involved with other teachers or other people, um, your peers and teachers. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and that goes back to the book of Proverbs. Yeah. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Yeah, and that gets used, you know, a fair amount, but it's it's still the truth today. Mm -hmm. uh, human beings are wired to bounce things off of each other. I mean, just take you and I sitting here. Um, I know we sound so spontaneous because <laughs> we're, you know, professional actors. Oh, yeah. But... We've sat here, and, and you read through and said, you know, I don't think that's the way you meant to say that. And I said, you're right. Does this look better? Yeah, that's better. And and we bounce things off of each other just to do this. Mm -hmm. And when I look at my greatest light bulb moments that I've had, they've involved other people. Now, sometimes, yes, it's somebody correcting me for a wrong. It's hard to believe. Every now and then I do make a mistake. <laughs> but... Uh, sometimes it's when someone else is wrong. Um, they say something, you go, that's not quite right. Why is it causes not right? You, yeah, causes and, you to, yeah. Yeah, and so you deconstruct the claim. You, you say, well, is that true with Scripture? And then you have to articulate 
some form of correction for your own sake and, and probably for the other individual. But um, it, it's involving aha moments right. involve other people. So, right. Yeah. Another thing mentioned that God uses to change us is circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's been big in my life. I realize that things happen to us personally, but virtually any circumstance involves other people in some way. Yeah, you know, as I'm writing this, I'm thinking of that movie where the person got caught on a mountain and had to cut off their foot because nobody was around. And I think, yeah, okay, there's some really strange times, you know, you might be on your own. But uh, especially if we look at biblical, almost all of the the book of Acts, the, the growth and change in people is involving people with people. And we not only learn from people, but we learn by practicing on people, mm. if I may say. Uh, we are, you know, we're told, for instance, we're told to lift each other up. Mm-hmm. Well, if if I need to develop that skill, I can't do that on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're told to love one another. Well, um, <laughs> you know, that involves someone else. Another. <laughs> uh, yeah, it involves another. Uh, And James, in particular, when he talks about pure religion that's undefiled, looking after widows and orphans, Mm -hmm. basically, understanding the cultural context, what he is saying is, look after the helpless that don't even have a chance or or the ability to help you back. Uh, You need need the unfortunate or you need the helpless in order to carry that out. So there's always, in the Christian faith, there's always this involvement of other people going on. It's not a a lone process. So, what are our takeaways for today? Well, for me, I think it's really kind of an optimistic one, is that, yes, there's still changes going on today. It's very possible for uh, especially those who are in Christ to change in godly ways, but with this caveat, it must be done God's way. You can have godly change, but it has to be done God's way. Right. And from what we've covered, I'd say this too. Real change is possible, but we have to be willing to work out as God is working in. Mm -hmm. And there's no growth without a continuing honest connection with the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And last night, I think that statement is true that no one grows alone. It's a team effort. Right. And it's the model of Christ to grow in community. Yeah, it has been since the book of Acts. Yep. Uh, nothing's changed. And, of course, like we said, there may be exceptions, but the point being is that an exception means there is a rule that right. that applies in almost all cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find this interesting. You know, our music is is that we sing on a Sunday is for the week, obviously, of the Sunday. The preceding one. Right. Yeah. These focuses are on the upcoming week, mm-hmm. and yet some how a lot of the music fits. Mm-hmm. Now, here I have to confess, I've got to fall back on you as the musical aficionado because uh, a lot of times I can find a quick uh, backstory on a tune. The one we're looking at today that uh, sung by the praise team was United. And I really found not a zip, nothing at all. And so you knew all about the song or as much as might be out there. Mm. So I thought, well, you go ahead. You tell people what this is about. It was written by Dan Lowen in 2015, and, and this is what he has to say. I wrote this during a time when two churches in our city decided to merge together and become one new church. Mm. It was oh. an exciting time and certainly encouraging to see a church merger in a world that's often filled with church splits. Boy, is that ever true. Wow. The goal was to find an anthem that the new congregation could sing together. And that was how this was born, and he sat down and wrote United. So cool. Mm. 
So everybody, may you see the changes God wants for you. And until next week, be blessed. See ya.
you can watch Word for the Week at CanaanCommunity.org. You can also catch our live stream on Canaan Community's Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app.